0: So hello, and uh, welcome to uh, our seventh um, smart building webinar in the 2015 series. And today we're discussing Project Haystack, uh, working with data from the Internet of Things. And it's actually a sort of a question and answer session with uh, Mark Peddock of LinkSpring and also John Petsy of Sky Foundry. So I'm just first of all going to ask the guys to, uh, in a minute, give give, um, a brief introduction about who they are. Uh, but also just wanted to remind everyone who's listening in uh, with if you have any questions or comments, please type them in. I get them on my screen and I'm happy to share them with the guys. Uh, and obviously then that will generate uh, a bit more discussion, which is which is really what we want to do here. Uh, and also, uh, if you know you want to share this with um, uh, anyone after we finish, then I will be posting the audio on our website. You can go back and listen to it there. Uh, and also, it's on SoundCloud, so you're able to share it uh, with others. So, um, yeah, let's get started. Um, so, I guess, Mark, first of all, maybe you can give me a bit of an intro and, and how you're also working with Project Haystack.
1: Sure, Jim. Thanks again. Uh, delighted to be here and welcome everybody from around the globe. Uh, a little bit about my background, Mark Petock. I'm currently the Vice President of Marketing for both LinkSpring and Connects Energy and both of our organizations uh, support uh, Project Haystack. We are involved, we have been involved for many, many years, and primarily, one of the the main reasons uh, that we got involved is um, over the years, we have seen the increase in data generated from all the different systems and devices in our buildings, in our operational uh, aspects of our business, et cetera. And we've all been following this concept of big data. But then again, as data has become more rich and more value-centric, we felt uh, that supporting Project Haystack and the Haystack methodologies added additional value to data and that that data we can now integrate it into multiple applications as a result from Project Haystack. So, previously to Linkspring and Connects Energy, I was at Tritium for many years as the global marketing and communications president, uh, vice president. And previously to that, worked on the consulting side with uh, many technology companies such as IBM. Um, Red Hat HP and others so a little bit that's a little bit about my background and uh, why we're Supporting project haystack and one last thing I failed to mention is uh, along with John uh, We are founding members along with others of the project haystack uh, group and John and I are uh, Active board members John is the executive director and I am the secretary of the organization. Okay. Thanks.
0: And John,
2: over to you. Yeah, hi, John Petsy. As Mark mentioned, I'm uh, executive director of Project Haystack, the 501c corporation, which was formed a little over a year ago to further the efforts of the organization. Um, my background: I've been involved in uh, building automation, energy management, M2M, and the Internet of Things, uh, going on uh, well a little over 30 years uh, with a variety of. Uh, Manufacturers over the years, as um, you know, as these technologies have uh, developed, uh, starting with using you know microprocessors to do control in the very early 80s, and uh, like Mark, um, you know, we see the opportunity for data to transform uh, businesses and generate value for customers. But there were some key challenges, and, uh, you know, that's what we're, we're going to talk about. And we, again, Jim, really appreciate you pulling together this discussion um, to help people understand more
0: about Project A-Stack. Not a problem at all. A uh, quick question I've had here. Where is um, where is the project uh, based? Um, I don't know if that – I'm assuming, actually, because it's open source, I guess there are people contributing yeah. all over the world, are they? or how's Yeah, it the project –
2: The project is based in cyberspace. It's an open source initiative. We do have uh, approaching 900 uh, registered members uh, today and uh, they are from all over the world uh, with contributions coming in from all over the world. So really it has attracted people who see the opportunity to utilize data. Uh, but also realize some of the challenges, and uh, you know, see that Project Haystack is an ideal solution for some of those challenges that we'll talk about.
0: Okay. So, so yeah, it's,
2: the organization uh, itself, the 501c nonprofit uh, trade association, is uh, incorporated in the state of Virginia in the United States.
0: Okay. So that leads me. Uh, you mentioned challenge there, and that would be my first question. Um, what what challenges are you trying to solve here, and, okay. and why? So,
2: yeah, so so the key challenge with all of this data, now that all these devices communicate, right, is how can we use that data? And what you find is the data is stored in many different formats um, by different manufacturers' equipment. It's communicated by many different protocols. And so you have the first challenge is, you know, a device communicates, but how do you get the data? But then the real challenge is this. The data in these devices typically doesn't include descriptive data to explain what it is. So you get a name of a sensor and maybe a value. And then how do you interpret what it is? Is it a return air temperature, a supply air temperature, a chilled water supply temperature? In the past, the only way that was known would be by talking to the person who implemented that device in the building right? What did, what did, why did you name it this way? What does it mean? All right. And of course what that introduces is a huge manual effort and that manual effort slows the use of data and drives the cost up. So what we saw back in 2011 when a small group of us founded the organization was there needed to be a standardized way to share what's called semantics uh, or metadata basically to describe what data means
0: and that's right. really the goal so is to
2: make data self-describe
0: data about the data metadata
2: yeah it is metadata data yeah. about the data okay uh, which can sound like a scary term but it's it's really it's really quite simple saying you know this is a supply air temp sensor right well you can, you and i can understand that and with the Project Haystack methodology, there's a way to encode that um, mm. so that it can be part of the data and therefore an application can consume the data and it can immediately know what it is and how it should be treated.
0: So just so, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm clear and hopefully maybe this will be a question others are thinking about. It, let's say I have a device that speaks or communicates with back, by via BACnet, which is kind of like a, now a well-known protocol. That would allow me to understand what, um, what it's saying, what the device is trying to communicate, like you said, like its name and its temperature, but, but above and beyond that, it, I don't really understand too much more. BACnet doesn't tell me that.
2: Currently, yeah, so you're right on there. BACnet lets you access the data in a standard open way, but once you get it, you get a name and you get a couple of things like maybe the units, but you don't actually know what it is if you don't have any knowledge of that system or how it's related, what piece of equipment it's associated with, uh, what control sequence, etc. And you know, a couple of comments on your BACnet example. It is, you know, uh, the world's most, uh, you know, commonly used open protocol from uh, my experience. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they uh, Backnet committee members spoke at our recent Haystack connect uh, summit we hold a conference every two years they are adding semantic data to the BACnet standard right because they see this need it's you know it's it's a common need across the industry and so they're adding that and they are um, you know planning for good compatibility with Haystack and they came and spoke at our session but you also bring out another key point that we think is really important to convey to people, um, which is that Haystack methodologies, how you tag up data, can be used even if the existing systems can't hold the tagging data internally, right? without any changes. You know, because people might say, well, BACnet 2.0 is going to support tagging and Haystack and others, but I don't have BACnet 2.0, I have my installed systems. And uh, the the slide that's up for the audience right now is an attempt to explain how Paystack can be used even if you can't change the existing product. Paystack can still be used, it can be used at virtually every level of a system. I'll I'll hold off before I go into more detail on that to to allow you to probe deeper there, Jim.
1: Yeah, sure. And I'd like to add, you know, uh, a couple little points too. That you know, Project Haystack and the methodology is further helping to define what I refer to or what we refer to as the accuracy of the data. In other words, again, data is only good as when it's used by the people who use it. And uh, again, the accuracy of the data and then really looking at it as turning data into information that really becomes an asset, part of the asset for operating buildings or getting uh, operating equipment and and things like that. So again, it's, it's pushing data to a whole new level when you have the data from this equipment, different types of equipment and systems Thinking, talking, and uh, being alike across the board
0: yeah had a question here. Uh, can we see an example of semantic data? Uh, is that something you guys had a slide on later on or
2: yeah absolutely I can I can pull one of those up we didn't include it in the well, let me see if we got this here, so let me see. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull one up. That's a great question. We have a lot of big, you know. One of the things we'll talk about is uh, you know getting involved and going to Project Haystack, where all of that information is. But let me I've got a good simple example that I'll pull up for you okay. in in a moment here. Um, if if uh, you know, I'd like to finish on the architecture thing because we think this is one of the you know a big area for potential misunderstanding that okay. you know, products have to be changed. Um, so you know, if you if you will the the diagram here on the left is kind of the ideal. At some point in time the end devices will have Haystack in them so that when you query it or request data you will get all of the semantic tagging that describes what the data is and in fact there are a number of products that are already implementing Haystack in them now and uh, we've got a slide on a uh, interesting demonstration that was done at the recent Haystack um, Connect conference that shows all these different products coming together and sharing their data with haystack tagging. Okay. okay yeah. But you know, it's it's you know, it's clearly a new trend, and so not all devices have that. But there's a growing number of uh, suppliers who are building it in because they see that it makes their customers' life easier um, and lowers the cost of implementation, which allows everybody to sell more. What we see used extensively uh, today is the middle diagram, where the end devices do not have the ability to hold tagging information, but they connect up to the global controller level, uh, you know, kind of the network level controller, the supervisory controller. Yeah. and those are typically have much more flexible software, and there's a number of them out there that you can basically add tags into that database. In other words, the database of the global controller is flexible enough that it allows for custom-defined fields if you will, yeah. and people are using that to put the tags in at that level, and what that means is when a application, whether it's graphic visualization or mobile or analytics or any other, when it communicates with the global controller, it gets the data and the tags for all of the devices that are on the south side of the global
0: controller. So essentially what you're saying is that there's no need to replace or to have or to change the products and devices that there are you could you can change this on a software level so you could yes yes and, that's, that's and, very important get the benefits of being able to tag and, and understand the the, uh, the, the the data that's coming out
2: right but in reality there you know it's a little more streamlined if it's in the end device but sure. this is the next level of usage and it's still once the tags are in now all of the upper level applications can discern immediately the meaning of the data and that okay. is you know typically where the integration work and stuff comes.
0: Had a, had it, a, the third model mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh so, no yeah, talk about the third model I just have got a couple of questions uh, coming in as well.
2: Because this is used extensively too in the current state of the industry which is the, the end controllers can't modify to include tagging information. The global controllers can't. So what happens is you can use a tool and the tool can basically intercept and tag the data so again when these applications when the data is conveyed to these applications it can be conveyed with the tagging okay so you get less of the you know full uh, engineering effort savings but you still accomplish it and once the data has been tagged that means any application that's added to the overall solution can consume the data um, with the tags, so it can be used multiple ways. It doesn't require that devices be changed, that they be swapped out or modified in any way. But we're seeing an increasing number of people building it in from the beginning. So yeah. But you said you had a question there. So
0: yeah, there's a couple come in. Uh, how do you see Project Haystack relating to projects to establish standard IoT taxonomies? Um, and uh, they use an example of one, which I know I went to their conference in London. Um, it's a UK. Development and it's called HyperCat, and they're doing something I would say similar, but not obviously exactly the same, but related to all of the IoT. How do you see you working yeah. with with in, in that in that arena?
2: Okay, so you know, it's an open source community. You can get involved by going to Project Haystack. So, you know, the opportunity for people to come in and say, "Hey, I'm an expert in solar." Systems. I'm an expert in meters. I'm an expert in wastewater treatment plants. I'm an expert in remote pumping stations. And here are the tags. Uh, here's my proposal on the tags that we need. Or, hey, I'm involved in another standards organization, and we've been tackling part of this. Let's look at mapping together our tags, and uh, you know, maybe agreeing that yeah, let's both change this one, and and now we have you know clean agreement. Or you can just do a mapping right uh, the Haystack methodology allows for aliases if you will um, so that's kind of the technical answer to your question the business answer is outreach right we we know this is not we're not the only organization in the world struggling to solve making data easier to use yeah. and so we're trying to do outreach make the world aware of what we're doing and pe- have people show up and say well wait a minute I'm doing the same thing for this other Segment of devices, and you know we're seeing progress in in that area where the forum gets into you know wider and wider discussions about tags. It leaves you know just what you see in a building. So for example, all around geotagging, right, so that you could track vehicles and stuff. That that all get added. You know, I don't know, a year and a half ago, because someone jumped in and said, hey, this is a great approach but my application needs us to determine tags or define and agree on tags for you know uh, geolocation and the form is run by consensus so it works very much like open source efforts like Linux and Apache and others where you know it's up to uh, members of the community to be active and submit and discuss and then you know uh, by consensus the, um, the models are approved
0: Right, so someone could, could come in and write a mapping for um, for Haystack to HyperCat so that they could then be used at the same time in the same database.
2: Yes, yes. Ab- absolutely.
0: Okay. Absolutely,
2: because that's the other thing that Haystack doesn't limit you to the tags that have been defined by the community and agreed upon. The methodology allows you to create tags for whatever information, whatever metadata, you want to represent and store so it's an extensible model I could literally create a whole bunch of uh, tags for some system that the community hasn't got to yeah and other people would be able to read my you know through the standard haystack methodology they'd be able to read that and they could interpret it very quickly and say yeah well the whole community Community hasn't agreed, you know, stamped this as consensus approved, but I can use this today, and we see that we often see people who will join, learn, start using it, and come back six months or a year later and say, "Well, you know, I, I like this, and I've been modeling these devices that haven't been discussed on the forum. I'd like to open a discussion on this type of equipment, marking systems, boilers, whatever."
0: There was, there is actually think, a specific question here about. Um, okay. Uh, a technology, so they're asking how tritium Niagara four tagging relates to haystack.
2: Yeah, um, that's a great question because Tr- tritium publicly announced at their uh, introductions to Niagara four that they will they are adding first of all they're adding metadata tagging semantic tagging and they're supporting the haystack what's called dictionary in addition to other tags that they feel are needed that are specific uh, to them. Uh, but they have definitely announced that they support the Haystack dictionary. So this whole concept of having metadata to streamline the engineering process and the sharing of data across applications—you know—it is really the forefront of, you know, one of the forefront topics of the Internet of Things, mm. right? To help us all take advantage of it. And uh, the, uh, while we're talking to other organizations, I think we, you know, we mentioned BACnet at the beginning,
0: sure.
2: uh, where they're adding semantic, semantic modeling, and, uh, and uh, we have been working with them to, uh, if you will, map or unify wherever possible. Um, and um, also the OBICS uh, committee for the OBIx standard has uh, announced that version 2.0 will support metadata and a uh, verbal commitment to support the Haystack um, the Haystack Dictionary as well from our discussions with them. So I think this is one of the major revolutions in uh, building automation, energy management, the Internet of Things, is to now include semantic data. Absolutely.
0: Agreed. There's someone asking about certification. Do you need to be um, certified to, let's say, if you're a manufacturer, to use um, tags or to contribute tags to um, to the project?
2: no you do not need to be certified so if you want to get on the forum, bring your expertise and say hey uh, you know I think there's something missing from the electric meter profile or I think there's something or, or here's a profile for a piece of equipment the community doesn't seem to be discussing yet you're welcome to do that. Certification is a separate topic and in fact um, one of the primary activities that the uh, members the corporate members, which include the founding members and a new associate level that will be worth talking about later. that um, they'll be under, we, we will be undertaking starting late this year with the goal of finishing in 2016, will be a certification process for products so that people can state and be tested that, hey, my device you know, supports Haystack at this level, right? Because there's multiple levels, as we saw, that you could support it at
0: yeah right. and at that point then you'll be able to valid, you'll validate those and say yes they've yep. they've reached the standard that we expect.
2: yeah this okay. is, you know kind of like there's multiple levels in backnet, you know you can yeah. be certain types of device we're We're planning a similar uh, model and uh, you know uh, an online testing system so that people can get their product certified, and that's a real in- area of interest from the vendors that are adopting
0: in terms of um, contributing uh, for example, I know, you know, let's, let's say Linux or um, Apache open source software projects. They have people who are commit a level who are allowed to, you know, um, uh, actually commit the code. So you can so you as an individual can join the uh, uh, join the group, as it were, uh, put in some code. And then at that point, then some of the, the the committer will say, yeah, that's that's a good bit of work. We can add that to the project. Are you guys working in a similar way?
2: Um, I, I think it's a, a little less formal. There are certainly uh, the most active members who would be considered the lead. They'd be the first to respond. They'd be the first to, you know, critique um, but they're, you know, certainly um, some of the founding members, software people are the curators, right? They're the ones who are actively yeah. guiding the discussions um, to, you know, to, uh, you know, get everybody on board. Because oftentimes people come in and they have good ideas, but they haven't fully learned the methodology, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, then they uh, guide that. But there isn't like, you know, four people or ten people designated as singular approvers
0: yeah okay great so i know there was one specific thing you guys wanted to address and that was this kind of question about is haystack a protocol and obviously we've mentioned backnet but i think it's probably now is a good time to sort of exactly define that relationship how does it how does it work with protocols and is it one
2: okay so that's a great question i think if if we can um just hold off, because while you, you were talking, I was able to get um, the example that somebody had requested earlier. Oh yeah, that they wanted to see an example of uh, some metadata. So uh, I pulled pulled that up, and uh, here is an example of some metadata. Haystack metadata at use. If I had an automation system, it might have a point in it named AHU1-SAT. Now, if I've been involved with that project. I could look at that, oh I know, I know what that means, that's air handler, one supply air temperature. But if that's read by another piece of software, or someone who's not familiar with it, they don't know for sure what that means. But the haystack tags would define it. The sensor tag says this is a sensor, right, an input. And what it is, it's discharge of a system, the output, it happens to be air, it's a temperature, it's in degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And then one of the most important things that is essential to really exploiting metadata is associations, relationships. So we've defined what it is with the tags that are shown in green. There are descriptive metadata tags. But the associations are key. This now tells me what specific air handler that point is connected to. And that becomes one of the biggest challenges for people to, who are trying to utilize data from existing systems is there is not a uniform way of defining associations that this sensor is associated to this air handler, and this schedule is associated to this air handler, right? Um, But that's an example of, you know, haystack tags in use.
0: Right, and that association tag allows you to build a model of the system because you can then say, these sensors are part of this part, yeah, great.
2: And the, the and you, you're right on. The model is the key. Once we have the model, then we know what to do with this. Oh, the supplier temperature is too high or too low, right? But the model is essential because I could have, you know, thousands of SATs in a large system. Well, which one's associated with which? You know, you can't always pull a human being in to answer that question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then with the different applications that we are all using today, no matter what the application is, this will be uh, standard across all of those different applications and use, regardless of the type of application or, or whose application that you're using.
2: That's yeah. right. It makes it independent. So it's it's also fostering kind of this growth in. Um, independent software applications, right kind of like what we see in the you know the internet and the web world you know because there are standards for conveying data interpreting data, I could come up with a software application and, and it could be useful to people right Well, you know we've had open protocols which have fostered the development of products that can be combined together in backnet systems and other many other standard protocols out there. Now we're getting to the data so that people can build applications to seamlessly work with the data and deliver value out of the data. Analytics is, of course, a common one, but so is the visualization and analysis tools. Uh, maintenance management integration um, is an area where we're seeing a lot of progress. And, and going back to your point about HyperCAD and other standards organizations, one of the areas of discussion that's definitely on the roadmap of the community, is integrating with BIM, the building information uh, modeling information.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, because, you know, what happens is, you know, there's a lot of valuable information that comes out during the BIM modeling process and the design of a building. Uh, a lot of it has to do with purchasing and sizing equipment, but there's a good portion of that that should make it over to the operational phase of the building, but it hasn't been. Because you know uh, the BIM data is a totally different approach than what you see in typical building automation systems or whatever. But Haystack, we look to be a bridge, um, and uh, what's there are people in the community who are talking about, you know, basically tackling that, right? Because it's all community driven. There are no paid employees, uh, you know, out there, you know, doing this. It's well, if, community driven. I mean, if
0: you had a very accurate BIM model of the building. You, in theory, I guess you could you could perhaps, if you made some software, you could generate a haystack model from uh, from that information because you would know yeah. where all the points are.
2: Yeah, that, and that's key. Um, in fact, we are already seeing uh, not not through the full connection to BIM, but through the use of tagging we are seeing there are software products out there now that will automatically assemble equipment graphics right you know one of the big areas of engineering and cost in implementing a building automation system um, is drawing the graphics of the equipment that the operators need to you know to view and to manage their facility Mm -hmm. and there's some you know range of hours involved historically in building those graphics but if you have Tag data the software can actually interpret. Oh, this is an air handler. This is its type, right? Multi-zone, hot, hot deck, cold deck, VAV, and these are the points associated with it. Getting back to that, the importance of those association tags, and it can draw, pull uh, standardized components out of a library, automatically generate the graphic, automatically associate the points, automatically associate alarms, um, and you know, just absolutely collapse engineering cost.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've well, got another question here, but it, and it's sort of related to. I know we we talked about this HyperCat, but it, this is slightly different. It's obviously hyper, HyperCat is a taxonomy about IoT, but they're asking yeah. how Haystack might compare or compete with IoT communication um, protocols like Google Weave, and I guess another example of that would be Thread.
2: Okay, so so let's get back to yeah. You started. Uh, let's get back. To the protocol question, yeah, okay, um, because, because that's again another one of the you know important uh, questions that regularly come up and can lead to confusion. So first of all, Haystack doesn't require you implement any protocol, like like we mentioned, right? Mm. Backnet's implementing semantic tagging, Tritium's implementing semantic tagging and supporting Haystack, OX is implementing it. Anybody can implement it. How early on? When, when, you know, in, the I think, 2012, we've got this methodology, people are using it, and it turns out, hey, we need a way to convey this, and it is going to take time for understanding adoption and implementation in these other protocols, right? Um, and so we did develop a uh, REST-style protocol. So there is a protocol available in Project k and very important to that, not only is there a protocol, but there are reference implementations, software code that you can easily integrate to, into your application. Uh, there's one written in Java, there's one written in Node.js, one written in Dart, one written in C, so some of the most common development tool sets or development environments. And so that you can make your application communicate haystack quickly. Now, those reference implementations are typically used at the uh, you know the software application, you know, the enterprise level, the CMMS, the graphic visualization, the analytics, etc. But there's also an important, uh, Seeing somebody asked about Tritium, there's a very important um, download out there available, completely free, open source, called nHaystack, where a number of community members built a uh, a JAR file that can be loaded into Tritium um, chase controllers to have them communicate with the Haystack protocol which you know happens to be quite efficient, uh, conveys all the semantic data um, and uh, you know has has a lot of ad- advantages being uh, you know a more recently developed web services style protocol.
0: Mm. Yeah uh, and but th- that isn't I guess the overall vision. It's no, still, the,
2: it, it was it, a necessity it was an end. Yeah.
0: It was to, get, to get people to use it straight off the bat.
2: Yeah, we, we spend more of our time um, talking with and making people aware so that they can implement um, Haystack methodology into their current systems and current protocols. The goal of the organization is not to try to make everybody change, but mm-hmm. there's a great protocol out there that's available, easy to implement, and is especially good at the application level so we see application to application communication looking at their options and saying you know we don't want to step down to one more one of these more controller level networks we you know they're not a good fit for you know web services style communication so you know it certainly is a very good fit for application Communications, but it's increasingly used in products as well. So, but it doesn't enforce that, right? Where you know, it's use these methodologies, these equipment models, these software tools to whatever level and whatever way they fit your product and your application, with the goal of making it so that the data that comes out of your system is self-describing.
0: Mm-hmm. So would now be a good time to look at an example of, um, of a challenge that you've used Haystack to solve? I think that might be good, sort of paint a picture for people listening yeah. about about mm-hmm. how how we how it can work.
2: Sure. So we'll follow up on this example, right? You know, here's an example of Haystack tags to do common things, right? Ellen, and this, I think this is another point we should bring up as we go into the examples. Mm-hmm. People often ask, well, wait, wait a minute, does that mean I need to rename all of my points in my existing system to have Haystack names? And emphatically, the answer is no. In fact, that's what Haystack avoids. Right? The, the challenge we ha- is out there that people think up names that are relevant to them when they design and install a system. They implement names in systems that have various limitations on what names can be, how long they can be, etc right and once implemented those names can't change those you know there would be just too much cost associated with that what Haystack really does is say well this may be your name but here are standard tags to describe what it is that everybody can interpret without ever changing that name okay mm-hmm. and so that's a really key thing about it so well, if we look at some examples we've got a few of them here um, and we uh, we'll look at an example this might be a, uh, here's an example for a VAV box, a variable air volume box uh, in an HVAC system. And uh, so you might have a device template, right? And there are a number of these available in, uh, that have been uh, agreed by the community. So I have a device template. I say it's a VAV uh, type 1 VAV. And it has these points in it. It has airflow and a damper position and an occupancy mode and reheat valve control. And it, these are the points that are in it. Right. Well, what happens is tags get added to those points, and now those points have meaning, which allows automatic presentation of the information in a way that's relevant to the operator. in fact, this example here from one of the um, vendors out there that you know has fully adopted attacking their product is a really neat feature which is kind of Automatically generated simple graphics, right? A graphic image of rele- you know relevant to the thing its name description what it is its status And even you can click here and get a re- a trend of the recent performance of that So by adding tags to the points you can this is one of the things you can do This kind of you know a neat example now you can still do the 3d really sophisticated graphics as well and uh they uh, auto-generate those as well, and this is uh, courtesy of a company, uh, J2 Innovations, that's uh, you know really embedding uh, haystack throughout their products. So that's one example, but let's take it up the um, the hierarchy. Right, we have the variable air volume the device that would connect to an air handler. So one of the key things we'd want when we define the air handler are those relationships, those associations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, VAV one, two, and three are connected to the air handler. So by adding the appropriate association tags, we call them refs, a ref tag, now we have an equipment model summary, okay, of the air handler and the points associated with it so here handler the one has all of these VAVs associated with it and here's their you know here's key information the damper position the occupied mode etc and this equipment sum- summary you know as you can see which would be very useful information to an operator in a building is automatically generated now just because of the tags whereas before somebody would have manually had to assemble this as like a report or a display or a graphic okay Yep. Let's go to an, another example. You know, the more classic 3D equipment graphic. Right. Once we have this piece of equipment, and again, we're we're proceeding through the process, we could add a tag to the air handler saying your graphic type is, you know, graphic template number one, and it'll automatically now go get those graphics, automatically place the points. In the graphic, with their appropriate representation of, you know, their damper, modulating damper, two-position damper, their uh, heating, cooling coil, or two separate coils, their fans, you know, etc. And now the equipment graphic that used to take, you know, some number of minutes to hours to assemble, that's automatically generated. So let's go the next level higher in kind of the food chain of bringing value out of our data. The next level is and there's a lot of talk about, uh, about analytics and big data and using it. Of course that's uh, what our company Sky Foundry does, so we have keen interest in this. Yeah. But if I want to do analytics on the data, it's essential I understand what the data mean and the relationships, right? And so now by adding by interpreting the tags that've already been added, rules can now run against those tags and now I can get an analytic summary of the types of issues faults, deviations, trends in the performance of that equipment and notify the operator about, you know, for example, you're losing uh, delta T across a heating or cooling coil, right? You're not getting efficient use of your energy. So it takes it to that level. Again, the analytics effort was dramatically streamlined because the analytics app can just interpret what the data means and apply standard or custom rules against that data
0: right and you can't do good analytics without without without, good, without a good data to start with right
2: right you got to have the good data and you got to have the metadata you yeah. know you can do analysis as a human being because you manually try to interpret oh this is the sensor on here and the one right but to do and unleash the value of automated analytics you have to be able to interpret it well let's go one more step up at the food chain okay So now another example is using it in maintenance management or work order, right? Because we understood what the data was. The analytics ran against it. It had found an issue that needs to be dealt with. Now we can convey out that action or the need for that action to a maintenance management package and provide it with not only the standard tags that describe it, but any tags that system might need to automatically generate a work order. And you know, one final example of how they're used is you know bringing useful devices, I mean useful information to the enterprise to mobile devices without create, requiring additional reengineering of applications. Because if you have this data, it's modeled with tags, now Mobile applications and other enterprise applications can automatically interpret it and present it, you know, on your tablet, on your phone in different ways that make it usable to operators, Versus having to build some delays for every project. Yeah. So that takes you through the story from defining the tags to how they could be used at different levels.
0: Yeah. 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 Great. And are you... uh, how are you seeing companies use Haystack at the moment? Uh, is there an example we can talk about of a specific company?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to turn it over to Mark while I put up this picture of uh, you know recent Haystack community demonstrations of multi-vendors of applications and products.
1: We're actually, and thanks, John. We're actually seeing it uh, being used in, in multiple ways. Not only as we've said early on, manufacturers and uh, supporters, some of which uh, you see here on the screen uh, from some of the uh, leading companies if you will, but also we're starting to see that the end users uh, who obviously are looking at technology to help them and let's use a case, uh, get data from their different systems and devices in a building or whatnot. basically starting to scratch their head and saying, you know, this whole data thing is very complicated. What can we do to simplify the process and so that we can maximize the use of all this information for the advantage of running the building better, smarter, all that. And uh, and in fact, uh, a, a, l- a couple large uh, Fortune 50 companies uh, based here in the US, recently um, uh, I've been on meetings where uh, this particularly has come up and they will be announcing here in the near future their support for Project Haystack, again, because of the value that they're seeing that it's going to make their jobs easier. It's going to make everything faster and whatnot. Um, but this example here that we've got on the screen. Yeah, so is,
0: I'm, I'm looking there and seeing CBRE. So that would be you know we see big real estate company they're doing
1: Yeah exactly yes. and, and it goes across the board from the the, uh, the end users the CBREs to as you know to manufacturers such as Link Linkspring, you know, SkySpark, J2, KMC so it, it goes across the board as far as the gambit of companies but again it's all being centralized if you will from the modeling techniques in this this uh, agreement on semantic modeling for all of us to follow these uh, standards, if you will, to uh, maximize the use of the, of the data that we're all producing today.
2: Yeah, and that, I think Mark brings out a key question. Owners are, well, first of all, some owners and operators are actually asking for Project Haystack because they're far enough down in their investigation and learning that they see that it is a solution, um, well thought out, well supported and deployed in literally thousands of buildings today. But others we end up engaging with, they're at the level of, hey, there has to be an easier way to use the data out of these systems. They're looking, you know, they've identified the problem and they're looking for the solution and as it turns out, you know, they're um you know there aren't lots of solutions out there. Haystack fills a really important uh, niche, and it's getting you know strong uh, support. So um, you know, just on that topic briefly, another visual to bring up. You know, um, this is Project Haystack website. We can go and get all the information. Everything is free and downloadable. All of the information. You do not even have to enroll as a member to go in and download uh, the tag libraries, uh, look at the discussions, etc. If you want to contribute then you'd sign up and get an account, and there's no, no costs for individual users to do that. Um, we have uh, the founding member of companies and a great, um, I think, um, you know, validation of the organization. We have a growing number of associate members. Uh, the website right now shows uh, three of them, but there's actually five. We've had three more, uh, or rather two more join. Uh, just this uh, week which will be published so we have companies uh, you know Bueno Systems is in Australia, uh, Grovesner is in Australia, Intelligent Buildings is a leading consultant in Intelligent Buildings. Uh, recently j- we've been joined by Control Co and CABA, uh, the uh, nonprofit uh, trade association organization um, out there and uh, so we'll be making those announcements here uh, later today because we've, they've just uh, signed up as associate members.
1: Hey John, while you're there just go into the forum a little bit and again I think you know part of this whole project Haystack initiative is this collaborative effort and the open approach to this and so you can just kinda see there uh, within our forum uh, the various dialogue and discussions that are going on and the participation and I think that's one of the key values behind this is that it's not one single organization that is trying to get uh, to self-serve on their agenda and whatnot, that this truly is a collaborative effort. And with a yes. collaborative effort, I think it's, uh, it speaks a lot of volumes out there.
2: Yeah, and I think here's a good example. Here's a new member happens to be Brian Turner of Control Co., recently joined as associate member, but they've been following the technology. And he's saying, hey, you know what? The models, uh, nobody's done the, added the tags for uh, differentiating between AC and DC. I think we ought to do that, right? Great, we do it. You know about it. You can help with that, etc. Or, you know, people are uh, you know, it, saying, you know, that here's how the submeter tag should work. You know, um, so these are, you know, it shows the openness and that different birds of a feather, if you will, people of similar interests can just join around a topic and say, okay, hey, all the electric meter experts have said that we should add these tags, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Question here. Do you see Haystack being used in domestic dwellings as well, uh, not just uh, for use in industrial commercial building applications? Or are these systems too simple to really benefit from this kind of uh, tagging?
2: Yeah, so the answer is yes, and uh, there are a number of discussions going on with people who play in that market. And you, you mentioned an interesting thing. The devices are simple, they have to be low cost in order to penetrate that market, right? We all know that, right? If we're gonna have these smart devices in our houses, they've gotta be low cost. Well, not only have to be low cost, they have to be able to be plug and play. I install it, I power it up, it connects to a network, and then it tells, whoever's managing it, whether that's a service company or whatever, it tells them what it is. This is this is what, what I am, here are the points I have. It actually becomes more essential when you have to drive cost out of the solution, not just the product, but the implement it's.
0: Hello, we uh, think we may have lost Mark there or John.
1: Uh, I'm mark is still here. If you can uh-huh.
0: me. Okay. I can hear you mark. I think we've lost John then and he was mid-flow
1: And you know again one of the the, the key uh, se- well, several key things here is is that again we have grown up in this industry where today you know that we think our devices need, uh, you know, connectivity is not an issue anymore, it's assumed that everything will be integrated, and whatnot, so as we've progressed with the technologies out there today, uh, data is that last piece of the puzzle that we now have brought in, and treating the data like Our devices integrating and make them all work together, being interoperable, is essentially part of the Project Haystack initiative, if you will. Mm -hmm. Again, you've heard us say where data is data, you have multiple applications, and you want the people to be able to use the same data in the same format, uh, can describe the same way, regardless of the application.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously, we hope, will foster uh, more, um, uh, you know, a, a bigger community, more people being able to interoperate, better for the end user because they can use different products, best to be product from different manufacturers. And they're all, hopefully, we can get to a point where it's plug and play.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
0: This is John John Petsy here. I'm hoping you can hear me again. Yes, we can. Hi, John.
2: I don't, don't know what happened there. I was trying to answer your question about residential. I'm not sure where you lost me. Um, but just quickly, when you need to drive cost out of the solution, you need to be able to quickly install the devices and have them explain to the world what they are, explain to the service company managing them or applications that are watching or supervising them. So it's very essential in those types of applications uh, for this type of methodology. And uh, so we have some discussions going with people in, in that marketplace. Uh, we haven't had any um, you know, well-known name announced support, but we actually know that people are using it um, without announcing it. Great. I think that's the case with new standards. People are you know, cautious and learning and exploring. Absolutely.
0: And they'll want to test them out before they sort of commit for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can do that with this model. That's probably one of the good yeah. things. You can dip in you it. You don't need
2: any approval or anything from us. You can just start yeah. using it, learn
0: about it. Okay. So I got one more question here and then I want to finish off with a couple of my own. Um, the question from the floor is, is there a document that can be referenced that shows the current Haystack defined tags and metadata?
2: Yep that's right here on the website you click on the tags and here are all of the tags and the descriptions that uh, have been uh, you know agreed consensus agreed uh, by the community so there's uh, quite a few um, you know uh, again it's deployed in thousands of systems so you know all of the all the all the essential ones uh, we think are there but there's more being added regularly and discussed by the community so yeah they're all online and you don't need to be a member or do anything to get in there Uh, You also have all your downloads directly available Uh, there's a guide specification that's uh, being used out there to specify data modeling approach and standard and of course the haystack model Um, there's logos for people who are uh, actively involved and then there's uh, some training videos and uh, then the source code for, um, you know, the Java toolkit, the n the C++, the Dart, the Node-Haystack, and then here are downloadable tag uh, library files so that they can be brought into software applications.
0: Okay, great. So my, uh, one of my final questions would be, where do you see this project in five years? What is your, you know, what would you hope to to achieve and be in in five years' time with this
2: yeah we we hope that the, you know a huge portion of the market will be using these techniques so that data just flows between applications. The costs will be reduced to owners and operators of buildings and equipment systems to provide better solutions. Um, the methodology has been you know if you will well tested and continues to grow and extend there's no uh, like oh you know we we missed it we gotta go back and re-engineer it right it's it's going along very well it was founded in uh, March of 2011 Uh, so you know over four years of work and continuing building so I would say uh, you know uh, a you know solid continued adoption more and more members and manufacturers committing to the technology and letting the world know that they're using the technology
0: do you think that um and i just pick out what you said there about manufacturers committing to use the technology in historically they haven't done that right or they've they've sort of been uh they preferred to use their own proprietary protocol because then it was able it was sort of better business really wasn't it it was able to then Lock you know, more business in for them, but is that the best way of growing this, or would you think it would be better to get the end users on board if, if that's possible, to, to them, for them to start demanding it? Well, clearly
2: manufacturers respond to what people demand. So we are trying to drive awareness and understanding. You know, one of the challenges with that is owners and operators don't necessarily understand um, the details of these concepts. They more likely say, "Why is it cost so much to, you know, to get a piece of data on my?" tablet on my phone or a graphic or an analytic result where where are you investing all this effort you know and this is one of the kind of uh, things they don't realize or actually couldn't imagine we often encounter you know IT savvy people who may not be familiar with the history and idiosyncrasies of you know the controls market and stuff and they're astonished that this isn't like already a standard way of doing things for the last 10 years. You yeah. know, but until they come to that understanding, oh wait a minute, my products don't describe their data, they're not near plug and play, then they become fans, and we've had growing um, support from consulting, you know, especially consulting engineering firms like intelligent buildings and others who live in this world, who are working with owners who want to implement intelligent systems and see the costs associated with this manual uh, mapping of data as being an impediment. And so they become quick fans of the, you know, the technology and start using the spec and asking uh, vendors to respond positively that they support it.
0: Good. All right. Well, I think it's almost time to wrap this up. Uh, my last question would be, and I think this is the easiest one you've had all night. How do companies uh, get involved? What, where, I mean, other than the website, is there anything else they need to do?
2: No, everything you need to do is via the website. So you come to the website and you say, I want to read and learn. Mm-hmm. I want to watch the discussion forum and see what people are talking about and what type of discussions people are having. Or now I'm ready to get involved. I go to the About page. And uh, you don't have to pay anything uh, to get involved in the discussions or use the everything that's been created. It's all available with the academic free license. We do encourage organizations to join us and help support the effort, support the functioning of the organization by becoming associate members, and you can get all the details by just uh, clicking on this link, and you'll get an email uh, most likely back from me or Mark um, about becoming an associate member. But you don't have to do anything to uh, start you you know learning and using the technology. We've made it extremely easy.
1: Great. And in fact, we we, we would encourage all the participants out there today to to definitely go to the website and go in there spend some time play around with uh, the information and and look at it and and whatnot because I think it's it's just a good open way to get familiar with the methodology and the value that this type of methodology is bringing to
0: the market. Yeah and I mean we uh, we've spent a lot of time looking at the Internet of Things is applied to buildings in our research, and you know I think it's clear to us it's it's essential that we you know if we are going to move this forward if we're going to achieve this kind of uh, ubiquitous sensing in buildings we need to we need to sort of proper, have a proper semantic model be able to capture data properly if we're going to be able to use it I think that's that's obvious so you know really looking forward to seeing how this develops in the future. Great and. So let's just wrap this up. This a, uh, what I wanna say is uh, we're gonna be taking a little break uh, in terms of webinars for, for August, but on the 15th of September, we're doing a, another um, webinar with um, a guy called Paul Fletcher who's an architect, and we'll be looking at the, the architect's perspective on smart buildings. And this guy, he works with uh, REBA, which is the uh, big organization here in, in the UK. And he's got some very interesting views on constructing buildings based on outcome as opposed to output and how we can use technology to do that. Uh, so that's, um, please stay in touch and I'll, I'll be releasing more details um, in the next couple of weeks. So just remind uh, reminds me to say thanks to Mark and John, really appreciate uh, your input today. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
1: Thank you, Thank you.
0: Good. All right. Well, and thanks to everyone out there for listening and, uh, and again, I will be posting the the audio to this very soon. Thanks again. Bye bye. thanks.